I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good Saturday morning, a beautiful Saturday morning. Welcome into the Talking Guns show. I've got a great program lined up and a busy program. Devin, why don't you give us a rundown on what we're going to be talking about and hearing from today? Absolutely. we got Adam Williams back with us again. He is a real-life John Wick. He's karate chopping people and uh, and doing a bunch of those uh, firearms uh, competitions. And um, and I just saw a, a Facebook post from him that he was laid up in the hospital. I don't know if somebody shot back at him or karate chopped him or what, or what happened. We're going to find out about that. Also, we got... Uh, some some uh, news in the gun industry this past week. Kamala Harris, who's a female California senator, Democrat, career prosecutor in California, just put her name in the running for presidency in 2020, and she is uh, pretty anti-gun, so that's not good. And we're also going to talk about the red flag gun ban bill that Louisiana is considering Terrible, terrible idea, and we'll tell you why. Adam, you were the You know, uh, I was uh, talking about, when you were talking about Kamala Harris, I also heard her mention that if she is elected president, she is going to use an executive order to implement what she considers sensible gun laws. And we know what that means, and, uh, you know, that that is that's serious. That's a serious threat because, you know, using that executive action, she could uh, decree things without going through Congress, although, I don't know, I'm not that familiar with how Congress works in regard to what the White House does on executive orders. But you may recall Donald Trump used an executive order to circumvent Congress to get the uh, the, the wall built. So it things could happen if she gets in, and hopefully, from my standpoint, that does not happen. But, yeah, we do have Adam Williams on, by the way, Devin. He's on with us right now. Adam, so give me the down low. I saw some. Uh, interesting, to say the least, Facebook post from you. I know you do those uh, all sorts of firearms competitions, handgun competitions, but I saw you laid up in the hospital. Yeah, uh, skinny on that one. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you all doing this morning? Um, good morning. I actually, I actually started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, back in July of last year. Um, needed something to, something else to, to kind of take uh keep me occupied, and uh, unfortunately, I was competing uh, two weeks ago in a match in New Orleans and suffered uh, an injury, which was originally thought to be a lacerated spleen. Uh, it looks like it was just a deep bruise, but I was in and out. The uh, great folks over at Our Lady of the Lake took care of me, and uh, luckily, I'm pretty much back to 100%. That's, that's, uh, well, some glad to hear that. Somebody yeah. kick you? What happened? Somebody uh, kick you? I took. Uh, I was taken down, and then when uh, the individual took me down, he came down on top of me, and it was me right across uh, the lower part of my uh, rib cage. And I, at first, I thought I cracked a rib, but it looks like uh, it was just a deep bruise to my spleen. <laughs> it's 
pretty good. That's pretty good. So what, uh, you going to stick with the, uh, the gun competitions? Are you going to throw your hat back in the, uh, the karate taekwondo world again soon? I'm actually doing both. I am. I'm, I'm 37 uh, now, so I guess I'm having an early midlife crisis. But, you know, it's better than going out and spending $80,000 on a Corvette. Man, that's debatable. I take the Corvette over the spleen being broken. Well, it's cheaper. <laughs> I hear you. So when, uh, I think the, the summer, which is fast approaching, is uh, one of the, the busier times for um, for competitions in Louisiana. Is that right? Uh, it does. It picks up a lot during the summer. Um, that's when you get a lot of the people that are really hardcore about it because not too many uh, average shooters want to come out and stand around on a range for six hours when the temperature is 100 degrees. Uh, but, yes, we hopefully are going to have a dry spell this summer. We can actually get some matches in. The spring has been awful weather-wise, and it's just been raining so much that we really haven't been able to shoot that much. So we have uh, something interesting that we started planning about a week ago. We have uh, black lights in the range. I'm not sure how that started or why, but uh, whoever installed and built our range made it compatible with a black light uh, targets to where you can turn the you can turn the range off, but the lights on their black light mode, and um, and we have some black light targets that we bought. So it would be kind of just pretty much like a normal um, competition for uh, you know indoor ranges, but with black mm-hmm. lights. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever? No, I've never done that. I never heard of that. That's very interesting. I would certainly be uh, interested in seeing that. Yeah, we'll have to keep you posted about that one. I think that's Please pretty do. pretty cool too. It's um, we got like these uh, these bowling pin targets, kind of you know, like kind of like just a basic bowling pin target. But when you kick those black lights on, it um, you know it's fluorescent and it makes those targets really pop. And it should be pretty cool. I was interested uh, to hear that Mike uh, had those black lights installed. You know, the owner of the range had those lights installed, and um, I think that'd be pretty cool, too. I was hoping that you had uh, had some experience with it or would know what to look out for, but, um, but yeah, it should be pretty cool. It's going to happen probably after June. So we'll okay. Should we post it on Facebook and let you know? But um, so I had one more common question that happens uh, that comes into the store a lot. So people that want to start um, shooting in competitions, what would you look for in a firearm coming into the store if you're relatively, you know, when you were starting out? And uh, for other people that are starting out, what would you recommend they buy or at least look for when they're handling different handguns? Well, you're going to need majority of competition shooters are going to use a minimum caliber of 9mm. Uh, so you want to look at something along those lines. Uh, I generally recommend 9mm for the recoil uh, as well as for the cost of ammunition. It's a lot more cost-effective than 40 or 45. Um, semi-automatic handguns, that's going to be 99% of what competition shooters use. Uh, reliability, so I'm probably going to go with a Glock or an M&P. Um, and there's really no reason when you're getting started out to think a lot of money and extra accessories. Uh, the best thing to do is just purchase a good, reliable uh, semi-automatic firearm and some range time and just practice. 
And once you get comfortable with the firearm, once you get comfortable with the way it operates, then, you know, start looking at uh, what you're going to need competition gear-wise. Most places you're going to need a couple extra mag pouches, a couple extra magazines, a good outside-the-waistband uh, holster. And after that, it's just as simple as signing up, and we'll put you with some people that have been shooting for a while, uh, some experienced shooters, just to get you comfortable with it. And I say try it. Right. So when you go, um, you know, to, to participate in the competitions, do different people have different rules or is it pretty much all the all the same rules with, you know, you can use the same kind of gun or uh, do they vary vastly? Uh, you know, are they, are they different from from competition to competition or from range to range? Or do you pretty much see the same rules and restrictions Um you know, from, from competition to competition. The the basic principles of the of the competition shooting is, is virtually the same. Uh the safety rules are, are gonna always are, are gonna generally be the same. Uh you know, most competitions are held on cold ranges, so guns are empty unless you're actually doing the shooting. Um there's different organizations out there. I primarily compete in USPSA, IPSC. Um which is based upon uh, time plus your points, and the stages are laid out. And what I like about USPSA is it's giving you a problem, but it's giving you multiple ways that you can solve it. You know, there's different angles I can take on a, on a course. There's different opportunities I can engage some targets on one place, other targets on another. Uh, you have IDPA, which is based more around defensive pistol. Uh, they shoot from cover. They wear a cover garment. Um, it's basic, basically more like concealed carry, and um, they're a little bit more stringent on the rules. So uh, it's not as so many opportunities to get out there and, and shoot it different ways. Everybody's pretty much shooting the course of fire the same way, and you know it's just again two time plus points. So a lot of the basic rules are the same. Almost all the safety rules across the board are going to be the same. But when you start looking at uh, different ways that you can shoot a stage different scoring values, you know, that's where you're going to see some variety. I got you. So do you use the same gun, though? you use the same gun for all of them, or do you have a few different guns, uh, you know, for the for the different ones that you see because of the rules? I've got different guns for different organizations, different guns for different divisions. Um, you know, with USPSA, even though it's the same organization, they've got six divisions that you can shoot in based upon what type of gun that you're carrying. Generally, I shoot single stack, which is a t- traditional 1911. Uh, they have open division where you're getting the 2011s with the 170-millimeter magazines and your red dots and your compensators. Uh, they have a production division, which is pretty much could be a stock gun. Um, so they try to tailor it to your skill level. They try to tailor it to the equipment that you're using, the gun that you're using, to make it a level playing field. I got you. So at the same range or during the same competition, you can shoot uh, a bunch of different class types, right? So you can kind of start with something basic that doesn't have pretty much anything done to it, and then you can move up to red dots and milled slides and high-cap mags and all that other good stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. They're even offering a uh, pistol-caliber carbine division, too, 
to encourage a lot of people that maybe shoot three gun or rifle matches uh, to get them involved with uh, USPSA and, and IDPA. They've actually gone with the, the pistol alpha carbine division as well. Nice. Well, Don, we got a break coming up, don't we? And we're going to get yes, Adam's take on yes, Kamala. Kamala Harris when we return. Yeah, we've also got some uh, Kamala Harris Juniors in the Louisiana legislature. We've got some pretty bad bills that are brewing up there right now. We'll be back to talk more about it because that's what we do on Talking Guns. Don Dubuque, Devin Burgess, special guest with us, Adam Williams. We're back right after this. All right, Devin, let's continue our conversation with Adam Williams about handgun competition circuits. Yeah, so we were uh, we were going to move into these um, these possible gun bans and gun bills, and uh, we got Kamala Harris that's vowing to uh, bring down the hammer on all of our gun rights. What do you think would uh, if they did that, Adam? That would greatly affect, I'm guessing, those competitions, right? Because you use high cap mags and um, and compensators and all this other stuff that I'm sure they would love to ban for. I'm not sure what reason. What do you use that uh, that would probably be affected the most in those competitions if they started bringing back that ban, you know, like in the 80s and the, and the 90s? Well, I mean, you said it yourself. Uh, the first thing they're going to look at is the larger capacity magazine. Um, they have a lot of problems now with holding competitions in California um, as well as New York just because everything has to be 10 rounds or less. In fact, I think New York may have even gone to eight. Um, your AR-15s, they're going to be gone. Uh, so that's going to take away three guns. Um, just anything based on a, a, what they classify, and I'm using air quotes here as an assault rifle, um, they're not going to be able to, uh, to use those. So three gun has pretty much died in California uh, due to the regulations out there. One thing about a lot of proposed laws, too, that the, uh, that the Democrats have offered is about offering background checks with any transaction, which on paper to your average gun owner sounds, okay, that's fine. What's the problem with having everyone do a background check? The problem lies with this is if I have a friend that flies into Louisiana and they want to shoot a match with me, and I want to let them borrow my gear, I can't do that if you pass a law that says I have to give that person a background check. So now my friend, who I may have known for 30 years that wants to try out competition shooting, can't do that because I can't let him borrow my gun. And he doesn't want to go out and spend thousands of dollars to shoot one match. So, you know, the the rules, they're putting a lot of emphasis out there on banning larger capacity magazines, on universal background checks, which is all feel-good things that they're doing but ultimately isn't going to be a deterrent on crime. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Right. So with this uh, this uh, female Democratic senator who's, um, who's trying to become president in 2020, the thing that I forgot about for two years or so since Trump's been in office is this strange, uh, you know, lick your finger and put it up to the uh, you know, the wind and see which way the wind's blowing, and then you go that way. I've strangely forgot about that for the last couple of years, but she uh, she just went on um, on on record with Bernie Sanders stating that she uh, endorsed reinstating the voting rights of the Boston Marathon bomber, 
And then two days later said that um, she she doesn't think that violent criminals and the Boston bomber should ever have any rights reinstated. I don't know how they got on that topic. But, um, you know, there's contradictory statements day after day. I don't know why uh, anybody should have the, the rights or the ability to take our rights away, especially when I don't think their their mindset uh, of what they actually want to do makes any sense. You know, it's kind of a, like I said, they stick their, you know, lick their finger, put it, put it up in the air, see which way the wind's blowing, and then try to go that way. And she also said she owns a gun, which is very strange that she wants to, you know, do all this stuff and ban guns in the United States. But, uh, but yeah, no good. No good. I don't miss any of that for the last two years that we haven't had to deal with. But 2020 is fast approaching. And it could prove catastrophic for our gun rights. Hopefully not. Uh, what do you think about that? Ms. Well, Kamala. you know, on a local, yeah, well, you know, she's she's out there like a lot of the Democrats are. They're very, very far to the left. I, I think you probably got to be a little bit more concerned with guys like Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Uh, neither of those two are very friendly to gun owners either. I mean, if it's a Democratic it gets the nod. You can you can expect to have some battles going on over the gun rights. But here in Louisiana, we got three bills. You know, Mike Weinberger, uh, he's been sending out some information on some bills. He keeps his eye on what goes on up there in Baton Rouge. And we've got a House Bill 483, which allows the government, which you were just talking about, to take your firearm before you've been convicted of anything. I mean, it, it basically circumvents due process. If somebody thinks that uh, Devin Burgess is a, is a risk, to himself or someone else, they can take your firearms first and then ask questions later. I understand it's very, very expensive to get your firearm back. you got to defend yourself. That's a bad bill. Another one is House Bill 101, which would allow the government to issue all different types of new regulations without knowing in advance what that regulation is. It's a crazy bill. I really don't think either of those two have much of a chance, but you never know, and they're asking people to certainly call their legislators and let them know how they feel about it. We do have another one that's a good gun law. It's House Bill 281. Uh, it would make, make basically make the, uh, the, the laws that we have in the state uniform across the state, and I think that's really necessary instead of having it by city or parish vary. You know, And there's going to be some people who are opposed to that because certainly, you know, Places like Orleans and some of the more heavily populated uh, urban areas are going to certainly want more restrictive gun control. At least their legislators will. So those are three. And, and by the way, on Wednesday, they're putting together uh, a little get-together, and they're, they're asking anyone who is interested in, in opposing the two bad bills and supporting the good bill to show up at the Capitol building in Baton Rouge uh, on in, in, because they're going to be voting on it, the committee will be voting on those three laws on the morning of May 1st. That's going to be Wednesday. So they're asking people to come up there. And if you do, they're going to actually award 16 shotguns they're going to give away by drawing to people who, who register for, for going up there. So uh, people might want to take advantage of that. Who is that, the NRA, that's putting that on? That's uh, Mike Mike Weinberger. Uh, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought for sure you knew Mike. Uh, he's a... Uh, saw, uh, you, uh, he's the one giving them away, though. He's the one gifting them. Uh, I guess it's an organization that he's, uh, you know, familiar with or belongs to. I'm not sure exactly who it is, but uh, yeah, they, he must have got them donated from someone very generous. And you know, people that that show up, and the chances are pretty good of winning. So I would suggest strongly people that have the opportunity to go up there on Wednesday show up at the Capitol. 
yeah, we need all the help we can get. But yeah, that that red flag uh, gun bill is it's, uh, House Bill 483. That's the, in my personal opinion, that's the the worst one. I don't think anybody should have. Um, you know, without due process, you got to think too and remember that all all this falls falls apart. You know, without due process, a lot of people don't think it can happen to them. But if you get a, you know, an angry girlfriend or uh, you know you get divorced years down the line and your your ex-girlfriend or your ex-wife or anybody, doesn't have to be a woman, anybody, you know, disgruntled employee at your work, anybody can call and, uh, you know, report you as being unstable. And then without any due process, they're going to come and, you know, strip your gun rights away until that's, uh, that case or whatever's brought against you is, um, you know, is over and finalized, and that could take years. That's a, a terrible, terrible bill. I don't see the the logic in a lot of those, and I don't think the people that create these bills, um, you know, think too hard about it either. That's that's terrible. That's a, probably the the biggest anti-United States, you know, freedom bill ever. Somebody can randomly, and I get. I mean, I do understand. I guess I like to see things from both people's perspective i i would i guess i understand the you know the the logistics of it if they want you know if somebody's uh crazy in your school or in your college and you think you think they're crazy i, I guess they're trying to combat that but um as soon as you give people uh, you know no due process and then the other side of that the, the people that are uh, trying to get you in trouble or trying to get those rights stripped from you. As soon as you give them power and take power away from you know, somebody else or, like I said, no no court hearing or due process, that's uh, that's terrible, terrible. That's completely anti, anti-America. Um, so, yeah, that, hopefully that one gets shut down pretty quick, and I'm sure it will, but just makes you think, man, you got to keep voting, you know. One of these laws could very easily pass, and we're all in trouble. Things will go from okay to terrible overnight. Hopefully that never happens, but that's why we got to keep fighting it. Uh, i got an update on uh, Mike Weinberg. You know, that organization is the Home Defense Foundation, and I believe that's the ones that are going to be uh, giving those shotguns away. And if you go online there, you can you can register. What kind? Did you see what kind of shotguns they give you? Uh, I do not know. No, I don't. I just uh, just said sixteen free shotguns, and uh, you know I don't know if you can be real choosy if it's free. You know I don't think you have right. too many of those around Jefferson Gun Outlet, do you? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. I wish we did, but we don't. Yep. Adam, you shoot shotguns too in those competitions, or is it mainly just handguns? Yeah, mostly handguns. I shoot a little bit of three gun. Um, and uh, there I do, it does require a shotgun. Uh, I've got a, a couple of uh, very nice shotguns. I have one that was built by Deficit in Arms. It's uh, called a KL-12. It's a 12-gauge uh, that's built on an AK-47 platform. Uh, that's a, a really fun gun to shoot. And I've got a couple other ones that are more like your traditional shotguns as well. That's good stuff. Don, I think we got another break coming up, don't we? 
Yeah, we do. And uh, we got a, a gun product of the month coming up, too, so we'll be back to get to all of that. But first, this time out, you'll listen to Talking Guns on WWL FM 105.3 HD2, as well as DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. You can also find us on Radio.com. We'll be right back. And, Devin, I, I got some more information on Mike Weinberger's offer to uh, win those shotguns. And here's how it works. They're calling it a red T-shirt day. Uh, you can meet. Uh, they're going to carpool. They're going to meet at 545, uh, dark and early, at the Red Lobster right there in Lakeside Shopping Center, Wednesday morning, May 1st. Uh, they're going to leave about 6 a.m. They're going to give you a red T-shirt to wear. They want everyone to wear the red T-shirts. And then they're going to take the, uh, the the people's names and information to raffle off the free uh, 16 free shotguns. Or if you go up to the Capitol in Baton Rouge on your own, they're going to be in front of the room that's assigned to the House Administration of Criminal Justice Committee meeting. That's the committee that's going to be voting on those three laws and bills that, that I mentioned. So that's some information on uh, getting there and support of the Second Amendment at the same time, maybe win yourself a free shotgun. Are all the uh, the legislators, um, uh, the people that vote on these bills, are they in that meeting on? Is that yeah, why there's a committee. Meeting? Right, and they're going to address them, they're going to hear the bills, and then the committee will vote on it, and that's part of the process. If it passes the committee, then it goes on to the full House and then goes over to the Senate side and back again uh, if it gets that far. But they're also asking people to contact their legislators either by telephone or by email and telling them how they would like them to vote on those bills. And, again, I'll give them out. House Bill 101 would allow the government to issue new regulations, not knowing in advance what those regulations might be. It's kind of a carte blanche opportunity for the government to just do kind of what they would like without you know, circumventing the system, without any input from the citizens. Then there's House Bill uh, 483. That's the one that's kind of the red flag law where you can go uh, and tell the police, I'm suspecting that this person is dangerous, a threat to themselves or someone else, and uh, they can go and try to confiscate their gun, and then it's up to you. It's incumbent upon you to prove that you are not a risk and to get it back, which can be very expensive, time-consuming. And I'm going to tell you something about that red flag law, uh, Devin. I have heard some people make statements that, That is not going to happen to them. They are not going to give up their guns without a fight, and there could be some violence resulting as from that. Uh, The other one, the last one, is House Bill 281. This one Mike likes. It's a good law. He says it makes the firearm laws across the state more uniform instead of varying parish to parish. And uh, I also wanted to tell you, Devin, uh, you remember when I reapplied for my concealed carry permit, I finally got the permit last week, so I don't know how long that took. It gives you an idea of how the state police are in, in issuing those. I guess that was about two months ago, was it, or maybe a little longer. I was going to say, I think that was in, in uh, at the end of January or the beginning of um, February, wasn't it? I think it? it was around the beginning of February, right, and, and I mailed it off that day. And by the way, uh, they, they really haven't made this very much public, but I found it out in applying for it. If you are a veteran, that you actually get the uh, free lifetime carry permit. And there's, no, there's no fee for it for veterans. And that was not initially put into the law when it was passed. It must have been added somewhere along the line, and I was unaware of it until I applied for it. Right. A lot of people don't know, too, is um, they... So both of them are free. Uh, both both options are free. Um, so if you get a lifetime carry permit, that's what a lot of people are drawn to. 
um, mainly because they think it's a lifetime permit. Uh, the, the downside, though, that they don't tell you either is that you don't um, – so, so how do I say this? So the, those lifetime permits, when you order or uh, when you send in, submit your application for a lifetime permit, you are giving uh, – you're getting a lifetime permit from the state that is a five-year – it's just hard to explain, but it's, it's like a five-year permit. It says lifetime on the permit. But every five years, you have to come requalify. The lifetime nomenclature is because you don't have to pay the state a fee every five years. So it's um, so the five-year permit and the lifetime permit, you have to renew both of them every five years. But you don't have to pay the state a fee. But you're right. So veterans um, and people over 65 get half price, too. So there's a few um, discounts that you might be eligible for, you know, other or other customers. But we recommend getting the five-year permit. Most people don't understand why until we talk to them for a little while. But uh, the five-year permit also allows you to bypass the background check when you when you go buy a gun. Um, that's one of the our favorite perks because a lot of times, uh, probably once a month at least, the next system that we report to uh, and call those background checks into uh, goes down for at least usually a day or two, um, you know, in a month or a six week period. It shows you how quick the government can, you know, pull the rug out from under you if they wanted to shut down, you know, firearms purchases. Uh, But the good thing is with the five year, you don't have to, you know, you fill out that background check, but we don't have to call it in. You don't have to get an answer from, um, from Nick's, from the FBI. If you have a lifetime permit, uh, that doesn't apply to you. I'm not really sure why, but uh, I'm guessing it's because if you you know you can get a lifetime permit today in 2019, and in 30 years from now you could have turned into a terrible person and got a felony and all this other stuff that um, that they don't want you know a lifetime permit issued in 2019 to allow you to bypass a background check in you know 2050. Um, so I guess I understand the reasoning behind that, but um, but yeah, we recommend the five-year permits. And you're right if you're a uh, if you're a military member, veteran, um, you don't have to to pay the state a fee, but you don't have to pay the state a fee for either of them, which is what most people are confused about. The five-year, um, you're going to have to renew every five years, but you won't have to pay the state a fee if you're a veteran. And if you get a lifetime permit, it's five hundred bucks. Or two hundred and fifty dollars if you're over sixty-five, um, but you still have to renew it every five years. You just don't have to pay the state a fee when you do renew it. So I would recommend getting that five-year permit if you're, um, especially you know if you're a veteran that's not going to have to pay for it either way, or if you're about to be sixty-five or older. Um, you know, it's also going to drop that rate down to two fifty instead of five hundred. So there's a few other. Right perks and, and ways to get around that but yeah that lifetime one just keep in mind that if you get it um you know you it doesn't apply to that bypassing the background check for a gun which you know kind of sucks but what are you going to do well Devin, how many other people run into the same situation that i did that they do not send you a notice of renewal so it's incumbent upon you to know when the time comes around where you got to reapply um, has that been happening frequently? And then, because if you go too long, then you got to retake the the test and the course and everything. 
Right. So um, it, it's constant. It's it's everybody. I'm not even sure that they send out reminders to anybody anymore. Every now and then somebody will come in and, you know, get lucky and the, the state sends them a renewal application and the steps take, you know, and a reminder. But that's one out of 50 people, maybe. And the downside is most people don't, just like me, I don't realize that my license, you know, my driver's license, uh, is about to expire until I go to buy a gun, uh, you know, and I take mm-hmm. a good look at it. It's the same thing with those permits. Most people um, are, are getting the short end of the stick because they, uh, they're they not sure when their permit expires or they're not paying attention mm-hmm. to it um, until they come in to buy a gun and we ask them if they have a permit or they just happen to look at it and realize that their permit's been expired for a year. You know, and then they have to restart it all over again, which, you know, is kind of unfortunate. But so, yeah, if you have a permit, make sure you keep in mind if it's over 90 days expired, you got to go through the class all over again. It's, you know, by law, we can't bypass you back that. So if you, um, yeah, just keep in mind that if you got a five year or a lifetime one, you know, every five years you have to renew it. So keep an eye on that. But yeah, the state doesn't send out anything. No, and, and they don't on driver's licenses, but everybody's driver's license expires on their birthday. So when your birthday comes around, it's kind of a reminder to look on your license. Is this the year I have to renew it? Not so with a concealed carry permit. It could be whenever you applied for it, it's going to be the effective date. So you really got to, you know, do some kind of way to remind yourself to, to check it and or mark it on a, I don't know if, it, if it's five years down the road, you know, how do you put that on a calendar in advance, you know? Right. But, yeah, it's very common and unfortunate for most people that are, you know, our customers, too, that come in and say, man, I didn't realize it, but my permit expired a year ago. You know, I just went to buy a gun and they told me that it was expired and uh, now I'm not really sure how to renew it. And do I have to do the whole class again? And does it cost more money? And it pretty much yes to all of those questions. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. buy a five-year calendar. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, Devin, we got a break coming up in about a minute or so. When we come back, we're going to be hearing about the gun product of the month. Give us a little sneak preview of what we're going to be hearing. Right. So we uh, caught up with Max Michelle from Six Hour, anybody in the gun world, and I'm sure Adam, too, our our friendly competition shooter is familiar with Max Michelle. He's a uh, representative from SIG, and he's almost he's all, uh, also part of SIG's shooting team. He's going to go over the P320 with us, and that's a homegrown boy. He's from, uh, I think he's from um, La- Laplace or, you know, somewhere close. He grew up in Louisiana, which is good stuff, too. And we'll hear from him when we come back. Devin Burgess here, your local hometown hero. No, that's a lie. That's a lie if I ever heard one. But I do have a Covington local, local hometown hero, Max Michelle. I am amazed that I got you alone in a room to pick your brain for the next few minutes. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, happy to be here. Great. I uh, I have a gun product of the month designed around you. It's the 320X Compact, which I heard you have a lot of... Uh, invested into. I heard that's a gun that you like. It is. You know, I've been with SIG now for 10 years, so I've actually seen so many changes over the years and what we have and what we're doing now. And the P320, where it was just three years ago to where it is now, is pretty incredible. And the X-Compact here just is kind of 
uh, culmination of everything that we liked and what we wanted to put into it. So for our listeners that, that don't know, uh, the 320 has been a, a, a polymer frame, striker-fired handgun that has kind of taken the the world by storm since 2017 or so, huh? Y'all got a military contract? We do. That's right. It's a new, it's a new uh, army pistol, the M17. Correct. How did y'all manage that? That's a pretty big honor. Well, it's an unbelievable honor. You know, me being a 10-year vet as well. I mean, it's something that's near and dear to my heart that I want to make sure that we give these guys the best that they they can have on the battlefield. And I do believe that we've done that um, because it is extremely versatile. I mean, you can take this product and it could be a nine millimeter today. It could be a 40 tomorrow. It could be a 357 Sig another day. Um, and the great thing about it is there's different size shapes and of the of the grips as well. So if you prefer a smaller grip and I prefer a larger grip, we can make that happen. So it's truly uh, the modular handgun for the for the for, you know for the army today. So the 320 X Compact, I'm guessing, is like the X Carry but a little smaller. Correct. Yeah. So our X series line of guns was originally brought on uh, from the com competitive side of things. What I do competitively is is I try to shoot as many rounds down range as accurately as possible, as fast I have as possible. Not to cut you off, but I did not. Uh, I blew right past that. For people that don't know, Max Michelle is a uh, a professional shooter uh, for Sig, and he um, is one of the top what two or three names in the gun industry i mean that's a pretty big you, deal yeah. i'm sure people are aggravating you constantly all day but thank <laughs> you for, for talking to me but how long uh, how how did you get into that i mean what you you seem to be um one of the names that everybody in the gun industry hears how did that come to fruition have you been working for sig forever i got a million questions for yeah him. no how so you um to? you know yeah that's, i mean obviously i love what i do i've been doing this since i was a young boy my dad got me involved in shooting when i was just five years old um, and I've been competing since I was about seven or eight years old. I'm 37 now, just had a birthday, so I'm almost at this 30 years now competitively, um, and probably when I was 13 is when I told myself, I'm going to go for this, man. I'm putting basketball away, putting football away, putting baseball away, and I'm going with my dream of handguns and shooting, and um, I couldn't be happier with that decision because, you know, at the time that I was 13, I started shooting four days a week, uh, every week and then you know those other days that we weren't shooting we were cleaning uh, brass loading ammo cleaning guns all those types of things preparing for the next event training with my dad was really really awesome I was fortunate and blessed to join the army when I was 17 years old and I uh, was part of the US Army marksmanship unit for 10 years so a lot of what I did there was uh, obviously we wanted to win and show the world that we were the greatest country at what we did and that's putting rounds down range at a high rate of speed and accurately as possible um, but the last eight years was based upon enhancing combat readiness. So I would take the things that I learned out in the field of competing against the best shooters in the world and relay that to the soldiers that, that way they, they, uh, the way that they can understand it. And, uh, yeah, man, and make them more deadly and, and make them obviously come back home to their families. And that's really, truly what I love to do my last eight years in the Army. And kind of fast-forwarding now, um, because of that 10-year success rate that I had in the service, winning a lot of national and world-level competitions, Sig Sauer took notice to who I was and, they offered me a job that I just couldn't refuse, and that was to be a pro shooter. I felt like I was leaving the Army, or at least the Army shooting team. I felt like I was leaving it better than when I got there, and the guys that I was leaving it with were better than me, and they were going to take it better places. And it was just my time to move on. We needed some younger guys to come in there and do their part, and it was my time to go somewhere else. And SIG was an absolute great home for me because there's so many law enforcement and military guys here within the company. And what we're doing as a company now, providing for our law enforcement and military, it's a no-brainer for me. So I've had so much success here 
over the last 10 years because I've been able to kind of be myself with a good core group of uh, employees and a good core group of staff that have supported me in a way that no other, you know, no one else has. That is great. That's good so, stuff. Yeah, so man, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, uh, <coughs> if I mean, I'm sure most of them know who you are, but uh, a Covington native. Absolutely. Um, I mean, oh, it's good stuff. So the 320 mm-hmm. X Compact. I know there's probably what 20 or 30 320 variants. There's a bunch of them. What we makes have several. The, the X Compact one of your favorites, and uh, if you could paint the shooter that's going to buy that, what would they what would they look for well, in buying it? Yep. So first, I'll say like I was kind of saying before is the the X series was kind of based upon the competitive shooting market and what we're doing there. Um, but there comes a time when you know, what you race with can also be help you be more deadly, right? So what we've done with the X-Series line of guns is we brought them down to the X-Carries and the X-Compacts and things that people might want to be able to carry to protect their loved ones and their families. So with the X-Compact here, uh, the unique thing about this is we completely redesigned the grip. And the grip is already great the way it was, but the X-Carry grip is a little larger. So we've went ahead and shortened up this grip some, and we've taken some off the beaver tail, and we've redu- we re- uh, relieved some of that uh, material from the back of the beaver tail as well as under the trigger guard so it allows you to get higher onto the gun to get greater recoil management so you can shoot faster and more accurately is the key behind that but it just feels a little bit better in the hand to me as well because there's no step on the side of the beaver tail and we've kind of thinned that area out Um, and it fits flush with a 15 round magazine so this pistol comes with two 15 round mags but again what makes it so ideal for a carry pistol is the fact that it's a little bit smaller it's a 3.6 inch barrel so it's a little bit smaller than our standard carry guns and whatnot so you you can conceal it a little bit better Um, it does come with the uh, the X-Ray 3 night sights from SIG with a removable sight plate. So you can simply drop on our newest red dot, optic, uh, red dot optic, the Romeo 2, should you choose to run a red dot optic, which I love red dots. I, I run them on all my guns. Um, it has a flat trigger on it. This is great for speed shooting, but it's also great for combative style shooting. If you're in a stressful situation, whether you press that trigger high in the center or to the bottom of that trigger bar, you're going to make sure that you get a good straight push straight back to the rear each and every time. A uh, couple other great features that I really love about the, the grip itself. We talked about some of the undercutting in the front and in the back, but we did go ahead and open up the inside of this magazine well, just a little bit more, making it for faster reloads. Um, and just overall, it's just a very easy, shootable gun to uh, to conceal. Two 15-round mag- round magazines right at 679 uh, retail. It's it's pretty uh, a lot of jam-packed uh, product here for you guys. And, uh, and a good price point. Yeah, that's a lot of gun for for under 700 bucks. Absolutely, yeah. That's a lot of gun. That that comes with night sights too. On correct, it, huh? yeah, it. it comes with night sights. And like I said, if you choose to run an optic, you can simply remove the uh, the removable plate there and drop that optic on there, and you'll still have that front sight should you uh, need that front sight at some point. But the red dot will be there for you as well. Perfect, perfect. So if uh, one of the downsides, our listeners can't see this. This good-looking hunk of metal. Where can they go to to view the 320X Compact? I would say go to SigSour.com. That's going to be your best bet to check it out there. And uh, yeah, can answer many of your questions there as well. Are you on? I'm sure you're on that website too, huh? They got your face plastered. They have all me over somewhere along sucker. there. Yeah, we have yeah. a Team Sig section. So if you'd love to learn a little more uh-huh. about myself, you can go to SigSour.com and click on uh, click on Team Sig. Between myself, Daniel Horner, and Lena Michalek, uh, we're doing some pretty good things there with the company. And if you want to learn a little bit more about myself, it's MaxMichelle.com. Or I'm all over social media as well. Perfect, perfect. I'm not going to take up any more of your time, Max. I know you're a busy guy. Thank <laughs> you very much. Absolutely, and I look forward man. to talking to you again soon. Buddy. Thank you. Devin, have you had an opportunity to shoot that? Sounds like a sweet little gun. Believe it or not, the uh, the production on it, I guess it was so popular, they wanted to have a good quantity under their belt before they started shipping it. And it, 
perfect time in coming on here to talk about it. They just sent us our first two um, about a week ago. We we put the first one in the cabinet probably four days ago or so. So uh, so brand new. I haven't got a chance to shoot it yet, but I'm looking forward to the honor. Adam, do you ever see Max, Michelle, being that he's oh, yeah. a Louisiana shooter? Yeah, absolutely. I see Max all the time. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal shooter. It's just amazing to watch him. He, it, he's truly a machine when he's out there on the range. But uh, very humble guy, very um, approachable person. I mean, he will take the time to talk to you, to help you out with your stage plan, to help you out with your shooting, uh, and really comes from some great parents. I, I love Max's mom to death. She is just a sweetheart. Max's mom? He's bringing the whole family out there, huh? Yeah, well, like uh, Max said, I mean, his dad's been in the competitive shooting for many, many years. Um, I see him at local matches all the time. Uh, his mom run, well, actually, his mom and dad together run a uh, company called Max's Choice. It's a great place to uh, purchase a lot of competition gear, belts, uh, holsters, and so forth like that. I uh, don't see Max as much at local matches because he does a lot of traveling, a lot of classes. But uh, generally, it's good to see him at three or four majors throughout the year. Right. That's the downside, man. All the people that attack the gun industry that aren't really familiar with it, like they probably should be before they go in all that. But, man, those gun guys are uh, some of the nicest people I've ever met, you know, you included. So um, that's what really gets into my skin when they attack these, you know, new bills and new laws. They seem to target us. But um, never meet meet nicer people than, you know, at a gun show or one of these gun – on industry conferences. You know, Devin, Devin and Adam, you know, one of the, the, the really sad things about professional uh, marksmen, uh, are you familiar with Josh Raley? Devin, do you know Josh? No, he's no, I young don't. Guy, young guy, maybe a little younger than you, and uh, he's got a possibility of going to the Olympics as a shooter. He lives in Terrytown on the West Bank. Uh, he's in Dubai right now competing, and when he comes back, we're going to be doing a TV show with him. But he told me that one of the problems with professional shooters is getting sponsorships. You know, like the bass fishing guys and some of the other people, they are loved by the public, and non-endemic sponsors will throw money at them to endorse their products. But they tell me that, that gun enthusiasts, shooters, there's such a, a negative impact across the country with firearms that it's difficult for people, even though there's some of the greatest people around, to get sponsors. Have you experienced any of that, Adam? Uh, absolutely. Um, I can think right off the top of my head was I uh... – spoken with Monster Energy Drink about a possible sponsorship, and they do a lot with um, some of the extreme sports, the NBX uh, bike riders and uh, karate people and so forth like that. Well, as soon as I used the word shooting, uh, that was the end of that conversation. So Yeah, well, that needs to turn around, and the only way I can see that happen is the public has to let these sponsors know that, you know, they appreciate people endorsing their products and they welcome them because it's just – it's a shame that these people are so talented and, and such good people and would be good role models and good endorsers of products that they, they simply can't do it. Well, guys, we're just about out of time. I knew it was going to happen quick. Devin, you did a great job putting the show together. look forward to talking to you guys next month. You're too kind. Thank you, Don, and thanks, Adam, for joining us. Thank you for You'll be out. over at the Jefferson, Jefferson Gun Outlet. What's the hours today? Uh, they're open every day, seven days a week, 10 to 7. The range is open an hour later till 8, and then Sunday's 11 to 6. And we're doing our renewal courses for concealed carry at Shooter's Club at 10 o'clock. And- okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.